Hello, it is Johnny, your host from Johnny's Book Reviews, a site to help inspire you guys to go read, so go read. Today's episode is going to be over. It starts with us. This is the second book. It ends with a series by Colleen Hoover. It comes out October 18th, 2022, and I'm going to be reviewing this book. I'm going to be discussing what I liked about the book, what I didn't like about the book, and any lessons I got from the book. So before we begin, let's talk about real estate. It's a really good passive income, but how do you get into real estate? You have to buy the property and deal with annoying tenants. Who wants that, really? What if you could buy into a portfolio an account that buys the properties for you and handles the tenants? Is that such a thing? Yep. It's called a real estate index funnel, but I use Fundrise as this company is one of the better real estate index funds out there you can start as little as five dollars and if you use my referral link you get 25 dollars https slash slash fundrise.com slash r slash opr 3zp again it's fundrise.com slash r slash opr 3zp you'll get a 25 dollars i'll get 25 dollars as well but the main point is that you're going to be setting up a real awesome real estate portfolio risk fee. You don't have to worry about the tenants. You don't have to worry about buying the property. They have properties, commercial warehouses, and multi-million dollar apartment complexes. When you invest into this account, you're buying shares specifically into those buildings and those properties that they own. Now, but once you buy or put money into the account, diversifies it into all the properties that they own. So again, use my referral link, sign up, and get started with real estate today. Again, my referral link is fundrise.com slash R-O-P-R-3-Z-P. Again, the referral link is O-P-R-3-Z-P-R. <laughs> This is written by Alexandra Halter, and it was written on October 9th, 2022. And the article is called How Colleen Hoover Rose to Rule the Bestseller List. And it's from the New York Times. But here it is. Colleen Hoover has sold more books this year than Dr. Seuss. She sold more books than James Patterson and John Grisham combined. To say she's currently the best-selling novelist in the United States, to even compare her to other successful authors who have landed several books on the bestseller list, fails to capture the size and loyalty of her audience. She holds six of the top ten spots on the New York Times paperback fiction bestseller list, a stunning number of simultaneous bestsellers from a single author. She has sold 8.6 million print books this year alone. That is more copies than the Bible, according to the NPD book scan. And her success, a shock that she's still processing, she said, has upended the publishing industry's most entrenched assumptions about what sells books. When she self-published her first young adult novel, Slammed, in January of 2012, Hoover was making $9 an hour as a social worker, living in a single wide trailer with her husband, a long-distance truck driver, and their three sons. 
She was elated when she made $30 in royalties. It was enough to pay the water bill. Hoover 42 didn't have a publisher, an agent, or any of the usual marketing machinery that goes into engineering a bestseller. The six-figure marketing campaigns, the talk show and podcast tours, the speaking gigs, literary awards, the growing reviews from mainstream book critics. But seven months later, Slammed hit the New York Times bestseller list. By May, Hoover had made $50,000 in royalties, money she used to pay back her stepfather for the trailer. By the summer, with two books on the bestseller list slammed in the sequel Point of Retreat, she quit her job to write full-time. Her success has happened largely on her terms, led by readers who act as event. So far in 2022, five of the top best-selling print books of any genre are Hoover's, according to MPD Bookscan, and many of her current bestsellers came out years ago, a phenomenon that's unheard of in publishing. She's defining the laws of how the market works, said the publishing industry analyst Peter Hildick Smith. Most blockbuster authors break out because of a popular series like the Twilight or Harry Potter or build a brand by writing in a recognizable genre. Hoover is a selectic. She's written romances, a steamy psychological thriller, a ghost story, harrowing novels about domestic violence, drug abuse, homelessness, and poverty. Though her books are hard to categorize, most of them have an addictive combination of sex, drama, and outrageous plot twists. I kept being told that authors need to brand themselves as one thing, and I was like, well, why can't I brand myself as everything, Hoover said. Why can't I just brand myself as Colleen Hoover? She's in charge. Hoover's devoted fan base has given her a degree of control over her work that is unusual in publishing. She got her start self-publishing and has contained and has continued to do so on occasion, but has also struck deals with multiple publishers, sometimes selling print rights and keeping the ebook rights. She is currently under contract to release six books with three publishers over the next five years, which is fucking crazy, by the way. Three new thrillers with Grand Central, a uh, hatchet imprint. Two new romance novels with Atreya, a division of Simon & Schuster, and a new novel with Montlake, which is an Amazon publishing's romance imprint. You think about John Grisham or Lee Child or James Patterson. You think about John Grisham or Lee Child or James Patterson. Those guys are creatures of the traditional publishing market. They were made by big publishers. have been working with the same publishers for many years. They have a strong formula. It's like a machine, said Christian McLean, the primary industry analyst for NPD Bookscan. She's just different. She's in charge. Hoover's books are now dominating the bestseller list years after they were first released. Her top-selling book, It Ends With Us, a drama about a florist who falls for a brooding, abusive neurosurgeon, came out six years ago, but reappeared on the bestseller list in 2021 and has remained a fixture there. It's currently number one on the New York Times paperback list and has sold 4 million copies. I think that's going to sell a lot more because there's a movie coming out over ends with us. And then also the new book that I'm reviewing today, It Starts With Us, comes out today, October 18th, 2022. Let's get back to the article. After fans begged for a sequel, Hoover wrote a 
Here it is. Continuation title. It starts with us, which Atria will release on October 18th with the first printing of 2.5 million copies. I honestly think that will sell those copies in the next probably couple months. I honestly think that Hoover will sell probably three to four million copies in four or five months. We'll see. But I'm, I'm just predicting that uh, with how highly anticipated this book is going to be. Hoover's deaf use of social media where she has 3.9 million followers across platforms and posts goofy self-deprecating videos helped grow her audience. So did timing. While she built a strong fan base early in her career, her sales soared during the pandemic when her books became a sensation on TikTok. To date, the hashtag Colleen Hoover has amassed more than 2.4 billion views. Libby McGuire, the head of Atria, Hoover's main publisher, called the phenomenon the reverse of the Oprah book club. Whereas Oprah was one woman making a recommendation and sometimes selling 2 million books, now it's 100 people making a re recommendation and selling 4 million books, McGuire said. We're all just sitting back going, okay, what's the next one they're going to pick, McGuire said. And it's crazy. It's not only Colleen Hoover that's selling. It's also Penelope Douglas, it's Scarlett St. Clair, it is Kristen Lauren, etc. It is a lot of authors now that are going and selling a lot because of TikTok. Hoover says she suffers from the worst case of imposter syndrome in the world, seems bewildered by it all. I read other people's books, and I'm so envious. I'm thinking, oh my god, these are so much better. Why am I selling the way they are, she said. It's not me, she continued. The readers are controlling what is selling right now. It's a well-oiled operation. On a scorching summer day in Dallas, Hoover sat in a corporate conference room looking anxious as a makeup artist fussed over her. When the stylist cheerily asked what kind of look she was going for, when the stylist cheerfully asked what kind of look she was going for, Hoover seemed stumped. Whatever you think will help, Hoover said. This is so awkward for me. Later, hair coiled into long beach waves and eyelashes applied. Hoover made her way to a canvas underground convention hall. She took place at a folding table prepared for a keyed-up crowd at Book Bonanza, an annual charity romance convention she organizes. But in the next five hours, fueled by a steady stream of Diet Pepsi, Hoover signed books and posed for selfies with more than 500 fans. Many of them towed dozens of Hoover books and wheeled crates. Some were giddy, presenting gifts of chocolates and unicorn racers. Others were overwhelmed, shaking, and teary. Hoover's signings are well-oiled operations that unfold with the precision of an assembly line. A team of assistants kept the line moving. One greeted fans and scribbled the names on sticky notes. Another handed out goodie bags. A third took readers' cell phones and snapped photos of Hoover smiling with them as she signed. The counter often lasted less than a minute, but for cohorts, meeting her was a keen to making a religious pilgrimage. I'm going to cry, one reader, Angie LePon from Denton, Texas, told Hoover, you're a part of my life. So LePon says she started reading Hoover's books in high school and returned to them a few years ago when she, when she was struggling with postpartum depression. Writing helped me laugh, cry, fall in love, she said. The, the books helped me learn how to feel again. A fan who had come from Cape Cod sheepishly set 18 books in front of Hoover. 
I may have gone overboard, the woman Mary Cade said. By 7 p.m., Hoover had signed thousands of books as well as T-shirts, mugs, a phallus-shaped wooden caricature board, and a baby onesie that said future cohort member. Her attention to fans never flagged, but afterwards she seemed depleted and made a stealth exit through a back service tunnel. It is absolutely insane, ladies and gentlemen, on what really occurred with Colleen Hoover. It makes sense. Her books are fucking fabulous, and she provides powerful message and ideas that need to be talked about. We're talking about sexual assault, domestic abuse, drug abuse, and homelessness. All things that need to be talked about, and she discusses those in detail in her books. And this, again, this article is from the New York Times, was published by Alexandria Alter, and it's called How Colleen Hoover Rose to Rule the Bestseller List. So definitely check that out at NewYorkTimes.com. Go read about it. But that is who Colleen Hoover it is. I thought this article really summed up really who she was and provided a lot more information that I could provide. And I thought this article was a great one to start out this review. All right, you guys know who Colleen Hoover is now. I, I think that New York Times articles, one of the most powerful articles I've read, specifically over an author. It's cool to see that, hey, she started with $9 at a full-time job, and she just wanted to write. And so she wrote, independently published her first book, Slammed, and then everything took off. A couple months later, she was able to quit her full-time job and actually do her dream job, which is writing, and that's what she does now. And that's just one of the most unbelievable stories, and I really like that. You know, she didn't have a presence. She didn't have or wasn't even a celebrity. She didn't have a famous podcast. She didn't have any of that stuff. She was just a regular person just trying to write didn't know or have any social media following, etc. And then all of a sudden, everyone, majority of everyone knows who she is. She's blown up everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. She's everywhere. And I, I fucking love that story. That's why I think I love her so much. Because it's that grind. I, I love that entrepreneurship. I love that work ethic where, hey, how am I going to pay for the bills today? How am I going to pay the bills for the next couple months, etc. especially for three kids. And then all of a sudden, man, I mean, now she doesn't really have to worry now. She's a multimillionaire. I, I, I honestly, I love, it's not about the money. It's just the love that, Hey, she did something that she really enjoyed and then was able to make that into her full-time job, which is unbelievable. And her stories, her writing is just so amazing. What's this book about? This is the second book in the Ends With Us series. In the first book, Lily meets a neurosurgeon named Ryle and falls in love. However, Ryle is not who he seems. Right? Ryle is seems nice around people, but he gets angry when he's alone. He has anger management issues, and the simplest things set him off. Then... He does something that I just I fucking hate. And I actually threw the book when I first read this. I hated Ryle for doing this. And I really didn't want Ryle to be that character because he was a really good guy. 
And then when he fucking slapped Billy, I was like, okay, come here, Rod. I want to fuck you up. I, I really did. I wanted, I wanted to be like Atlas and just pummel the shit out of him. Anyways, so, and then while also pushed her down the stairs and almost raped her, this book goes over domestic abuse pertaining to a significant other and also talks about sexual assault briefly. It was an unbelievable book. So if you have not read it, I highly recommend it, but also it touches up on a lot of topics that could be triggering to some people, but also could be sad. But I, I think it's a good topic to learn more about and to have more information about specifically on domestic abuse and then also sexual assault. Now, the second book which the one I'm reviewing today, it starts with us, goes over the aftermath of Ryle's abuse on Lily and how that has affected her and her choices when it comes to her new kid, Emmy. Atlas's and Lily's point of view in the new book provide the big message on domestic abuse. And so you see this in the, the second book too, the message over domestic abuse. And I think this entire series, the main message is domestic abuse, homelessness, and these topics need to be talked about. They're not something that is that can be light to talk about, but they need to be discussed, especially to younger readers, high schoolers, and even college students. You see the contrast between the two men, Alice and Ryle, and you start to get the signs that Ryle exhibited. This book starts out and carries through the entire book that Lily is still recovering from what Ryle did. You can sense this. Lily and several other characters like Atlas discuss in the book how she's brave and still recovering from what happened to her. So on page 114 in the book, it starts with us. Hoover writes, nothing you have done and nothing you could do would excuse any man's hands on you out of anger. Remember that, Lily. You made the right choice by leaving the situation. You should never feel guilty for that. Pride is the only thing you should feel. This book does focus a lot on Lily, but also provides the missing details on Atlas that weren't in It Ends With Us, which is the first book. You start to realize that Atlas has a dark past and has trauma too, indicated in the first book. So Hoover kind of provided some hints that Atlas had a very dark past, but she doesn't provide a lot of information in the first book. But in this book, you understand full-heartedly what the fuck happened to Atlas, and it's just unbelievable. You have to read the book to find out. But this also helps him emphasize with Lily and help her as a partner recover from her trauma. It also helps out Atlas as well. That's what you get got to do as partners. Help each other out, especially with a recent divorce with an abusive man named Ryle, who's the father of Lily's recent child. Lily wrestles this concept of choosing between Ryle's feelings, not seeing Atlas, and potentially dating him, and her happiness with a man, Atlas, she's loved for almost seven plus years. She's never stopped loving him, and it's cool to kind of see that in this new book. She doesn't want to hurt Ryle because she doesn't know what's going to happen if you find out. Go fucking Lily. I also support, and I really uh, support the uh, the relationship between Atlas and Lily. So go both of them. Fucking amazing book. And I loved the story.
So again, this book goes into specific details and heavy detail on domestic abuse. This book uh, was a little different where it touches up on domestic abuse that occurs in the family, specifically with Atlas. And you'll find out with Atlas and his stepdad and then also his mother and what really happened with At Atlas and why he left home and became homeless and then that's where we meet Atlas and Lily in the first book ends with us. So you'll find out specifically on what happened. So you have to read the book. It's cool because in this book, you get a lot of information on Atlas, but you also get information on how he acquired the restaurant and how he made his way to Lily, how he became homeless and what really ultimately happened because of that. It was pretty cool. And then you also kind of see the recovery that's happening. And I thought that was the most powerful part. Of so with the idea of writing another book, she didn't really want to write another book. And this is on the acknowledgments section on page 321. So it goes like this. And she's, this is what Hoover has to say. Ends With Us is the one book I've been adamant that I would never write a sequel for. I felt like it ended where it needed to end and I didn't want to put Lily through more stress. But then book talk happened and the online petition and the messages and videos. And I realized most of you weren't asking for me to put them through more pain. You simply wanted to see Lily and Atlas happy. When I started playing around with an outline, I quickly realized how much I needed to see Lily and Atlas happy as well. For everyone who asked for more, thank you. This book wouldn't exist without you. I have so many people to thank, and not necessarily for the existence of It Starts With Us, but more for the continued support over the years that resulted in me writing a book I never thought I'll have the courage to complete. From family to friends to bloggers to readers to publishers and agents, in no particular order, I just want to say thank you for your committed support, for your continued support, and for ensuring I continue to love writing. Powerful. She didn't want to write it, and I'm really glad she did. It was a really great, powerful conclusion to the ideas that she talks about in uh, the first book. So thank you so much, Colleen Hoover. You did a wonderful job. And uh, if you have the chance, grab it at your local bookstore today. All right, my review. Holy fucking shit. Wow, is my review. I give it a 5 out of 5 on Goodreads. So I had a high expectations for this book, like uh, Ralph Macho's new book, Karate Kid, uh, called Waxing On, and then also Tom Fountain's new book, Beyond the Wand, who played Draco Malfoy in the Harry Potter series. I had uh, high expectations for those two books as well. Now, Waxing On did really well, and I rated that a 5 out of 5. Now, Tom Fountain's book... I had high expectations for that one. I didn't really rate it that well, three out of five, because I got bored throughout the book and I wanted more information on Harry Potter, but that's just me. Maybe I'll give it a four out of five. We'll see. But right now it's a three out of five and it didn't really meet my expectations like I thought it would. But for this one, it starts with us by Colleen Hoover it really did meet my expectations and it really was fabulous. I mean, the story was there, the messages, the ideas, the characters, the romance, the sex. I mean, it was a fucking 
fucking great book. Now, there's a, one moment where, actually, it was Sunday morning. No, Monday morning, where I read until 3 a.m. Because I couldn't put the book down. I literally read from like 1 to 3 a.m. And I kept on thinking to myself, man, this is going to be a crazy review. This is one of my craziest reviews because I honestly think that this is one of the, the most powerful books I've read this year. Along with uh, Jeanette McCurdy's book, I'm Glad My Mom Died. Both of them talk about abuse. Um, Jeanette McCurdy's book talks about verbal abuse, specifically with her mother. This book talks about domestic abuse, physical abuse with Atlas and her mother and his mother. And then also talks about domestic abuse between a significant other, Lily and Ryle. Uh, and, you know, those topics for me are just topics that really speak to me. And I honestly have uh, a very big impact whenever I read any of those topics. It was crazy that she was able to conclude this chapter. It starts with us pretty powerfully, and uh, I'm really glad that she wrote this second book. There was twist. I wasn't expecting. I cried so many times. If you're hesitating on reading these books, I would start with it ends with us, but Honestly, like these books are really good. Like you might not like Colleen Hoover, whatever, but the biggest thing is that these books provide a powerful message that need to be talked about. I have never read anything fiction, nonfiction, specifically over domestic abuse, homelessness, sexual assault, all topics that need to be talked about. When you have an audience that ranges from ages from 15 to 80, maybe even above that, it's really important to discuss those issues for all ages and especially for younger people, especially for people in high school as well as in college. It is so important because domestic abuse is more common than you'll think. It happens a lot. We don't really know it because a lot of people don't report it. A lot of people are scared to report it. And this book t discusses that heavily and discusses the wrestle that Lily has. She didn't report it to the police. And Colleen Hoover provides a lot of information on why Lily did not report it. And then at the end of the book, she's like, you know what? Fuck it. If Ryle's going to hurt me, if Ryle is going to do anything to me, I'm going to start reporting it. And then she start documenting everything, etc. And that's what uh, kind of Atlas does too. And you guys will kind of see that in the book and kind of read it if you read it. But it was crazy. He starts documenting everything or like he took someone to the hospital to provide evidence that, hey, his mother is very abusive. But I don't want to talk about who the someone is. It's a big twist in the book. I fucking loved it. I wasn't expecting it. I was like, ah, who could it be? Who, who? So there's someone that's destroying the restaurant, destroying Atlas's restaurants, vandalizing it, stealing food, etc. And you're trying to figure out who this person is. First off, I thought it was Ryle. Spoiler alert. It's not Ryle. So who could it be? 
That's all I'm going to leave it with. This series is insane. Uh, if you're hesitating on reading the book, I don't. I would not hesitate. I would just go stop listening to this podcast episode, go to the bookstore, and fucking buy this book. This is a fucking fabulous book. What did I like? Number one, it goes over the ideas and messages she talks about in her book. So I've read well over 200 books in the last two years. Majority of them talk about you know, romance or talk about these other ideas that didn't really resonate with me or were not as powerful as these topics. And so Colleen Hoover talks about pretty powerful topics that, that need to be talked about. We're talking about domestic abuse, sexual assault, and homelessness, and drug abuse as well. And these topics aren't easy to write about or easy to read from the reader, but the message is clear that if you see someone hurt or abused, help them as best as you can. But also the biggest thing too is to learn about this, these topics and to get more knowledge about it because the people that you see are potentially survivors from sexual assault or potentially experiencing a moment with a significant other or family with domestic abuse. So try to... Get them help as much as possible. And if you're experiencing domestic abuse, definitely try to reach out and ask for help as well. So since younger readers are going to be reading this book, these topics are very important and need to be discussed with them as well. I argue that high schoolers should know more information on domestic abuse, homelessness, and sexual assault. Number two, and I think this is one is very important. And this one is over safe sex habits so in all the romance books or any of the books that i've read over the last two years i rarely hear about any practices that are safe when i'm reading like nicholas sparks he just kind of jumps over the kind of sex scene it's more of like a pg pg 13 rated instead of r-rated uh but he doesn't provide a message about condoms or birth control or getting tested. And I, I think that's a big opportunity for a lot of people to learn about those topics and to provide a message about it. Because what I'm thinking about when I'm reading, like, for example, Nicholas Sparks sex scene, I'm like, okay, is the guy wearing a condom? Does he have STDs? Does she have STDs, etc.? What's going on here? And that's, I think, a big plot hole that a lot of people and a lot of writers have is this concept behind safe sex habits. And I think it's a big one. And she first writes about this, I think, in uh, Reminders of Him. That's the first time I've read specifically on how the guy went downstairs to get a condom and put it on and they had sex. I was like, wow, that's interesting. I've never heard that in any of her romance books. And I was like, wow, that's a great opportunity to provide education for people, especially younger people, because for high schoolers, especially people in high school and then in college, it's important to have safe sex practices. We're in a condom to prevent sexually transmitted diseases and then also having birth control, and then also having a test with partners, with both partners, to see if you have any STDs, and so that you're not transmitting that STD from one person to the next person to the next person. 
And I love how Hoover provides subtle information on this when Alice and Lily are having sex. Alice and Lily are having sex, are about to have sex, and he's like, okay, I got to get my condom on. All right, I'm tested. She has birth control. And I was like, wow, that is a great message to provide for readers. And I absolutely love it because it is, after like reading what Hoover done, I was like, it really is a big plot hole that happens. A lot of people don't write about it. And I think Hoover did a really good job when she wrote about this topic. Number three, Atlas's story. So this book made me love Atlas so much more. How was he able to survive and thrive, especially from his background? That was crazy. It's wonderful to see how he was able to change everything around. And then when Atlas met Lily, Lily changed his life. It's also occurred for Lily where Atlas changed her life. Both helped each other grow and it paid off in the long term. But also the crazy thing is they both helped each other in high school. But also, they helped each other when they weren't together during that kind of like when Lily was in college and kind of after as well. And then when she encounters Atlas at the restaurant that he owns, when she was on a date with Ryle, she realizes this. And then Atlas realizes that, too. And then this starts out the relationship. It builds off from there. And I'm like, yes. Uh, but you know, for me, I love this story because it kind of resonates with a personal story I know from someone from my bro and how he survived and thrived from past trauma that he had. And it was cool to see how he's doing right now and how he's changing everything around. And, uh, I really like that. You know, it's crazy because his partner has really helped him out with that a lot too. And, it's cool to see them go back and forth specifically on helping each other grow. And I really love that. And it, this story specifically with my bro really provided the idea that I, I love Atlas and Lily. It rem really reminded me of my bro and his partner. And it was, it was cool to see that. And uh, I, that's why I really resonate with this story so much because it reminds me of my bro. So I love you, bro. Number four, imposter syndrome. So Hoover mentions imposter syndrome in the book, and I thought this was pretty cool because in interviews and articles I read, she has admitted she has imposter syndrome, the idea that she feels like a little of a fraud and doesn't deserve the success that has occurred for her in the last two years. She does. I think she's a great writer and has stories that I haven't read about. She's talking about issues that need to be discussed, like domestic abuse, homelessness, sexual assault, and healthy sex practices, this is really important. And I think she discusses these in really good detail and provides a great story about these topics. Number five, this is the other thing I liked, is in this book, uh, Colleen Hoover, she actually writes a sex scene where Atlas is fingering uh, Lily. There was some foreplay in there, and I was like, Wow, okay. I, I kind of like that. Uh, I didn't see that in the reminders of him. Uh, there wasn't really any foreplay, but for this one, Lily's doing some foreplay with him, and he's also doing foreplay with her. And I think that was cool to see because foreplay is important. Foreplay is uh, good to kind of simulate both parties to climax a little bit faster, but also 
to be able to have both parties satisfied at the end of the day. What did I not like? Nothing. This was a well-developed book with powerful and strong characters, powerful messages and ideas, and a powerful conclusion to the series. I don't think there's going to be another book, but, man, this was fucking phenomenal. You get the information about Atlas and Lily a little bit more and their relationship, and it was pretty cool to see at the end what happens to them, and uh, I think it's a great conclusion to this series. You know, to be honest with you, she didn't really want to write another book and uh i'm really glad she did the lessons in the book so number one domestic abuse and i talk a lot about domestic abuse and homelessness in the end ends with us book reviews so definitely check that out but for domestic abuse it can happen to anyone with significant others or even in family if you know someone who is experiencing domestic abuse ask if they're okay and get help uh, if you're getting abused, get help and call 1-800-799-SAFE-7233, which is Domestic Abuse Hotline. Again, it's 1-800-799-SAFE-7233. Now, if you're getting abused, I would try to figure out a, the best way and alternative to try to get out of that relationship and potentially have resources or people that you can go to to potentially help in the situation to get you out of that domestic abuse situation number two homelessness now this is a big topic and it's a topic that i resonate with with because at one point in my life i was homeless i didn't have a place to stay in ohio in grad school and i honestly wouldn't have a place to stay i was prepared to actually sleep in a car for my semester because i didn't have any money uh, so I used all my money toward paying off the rent that I had with my ex and that kind of fucked me up. And then I had no money left to my name. And then when it came to the second semester or my last spring semester in grad school, I was trying to figure out what the fuck I had to do. And I was at the point where I was about to just sleep in my car for the entire semester. That's where I was. And so if I didn't get that stimulus check, I, it would have been an entirely different story for that spring semester. But again, yeah, homelessness can occur to anyone. It's not always that drug addict, right? People who are drug addicts can be homeless, yes. But majority of people who are homeless are not drug addicts, right? With everything that's increasing, groceries, gas, and then also rent, it's making... It harder for people to live comfortably and it's also making a lot of people to go to the extreme and to to be honest with you the the salary is not increasing it's it's kind of decreasing and it's staying about the same while everything else is increasing by almost 20 percent which is fucking insane now that's huge especially if you're already grinding and trying to pinch in uh, every coin that you have. And then when everything else is increasing, those pennies and dimes that you found doesn't really matter because you won't be able to buy yourself a simple sandwich or dinner or lunch. And then also it's going to be even harder for you to pay for rent because it keeps on increasing. 
So what I would say with this is, I would say helping when you can. A uh, simple hello goes a long way. And uh, get the, the full story around someone. Somebody who's homeless is not always a drug addict. Just get that message. And you just get that story from that person. And help out as much as you can. For me, I don't like giving money to people specifically. But I like giving food to people. And I, I, that's the one thing I would advise you doing. Uh, it's not giving money specifically to a lot of homeless people. I would give them like meals because they wouldn't have any food potentially in the last couple of days. So food, I think, is a better option. Number three, sexual assault. Sexual assault has become more prevalent, especially in college. And this is the truth that going to a party, getting drunk and having sex with uh, someone who has drunk with them is borderline rape. You can't make a rational decision to say no or yes when their brain is impacted by a brain-altering drug. That's called alcohol. Get consent and to ask if this is okay before doing anything and everything, right? Even kissing and then progressing to touching and progressing to having sex, right? Ask, always ask. Uh, one of the most prevalent issues with sexual assault and... Colleges is reporting it. Uh, many people, many women specifically, will not report sexual assault because colleges do not report it or do not properly punish or reprehend the sexual assaulter as well as they should. So, so majority of the time, the sexual assaulter walks free and is able to just kind of go about and do his daily living or whoever it might be. The survivor has to live with that and see that person every day and it re-traumatizes them over and over again. And that's the big issue with colleges is that many colleges do not report it as well as they should. And one of the powerful documentaries I've watched over this is Hunting Ground. It came out in 2016. And this is on Vudu, iTunes, or YouTube. I watched it on Netflix, but it's not on there anymore. But uh, you can buy it on uh, those platforms for three ninety nine. It's a document that outlines several women who try reporting rapes, specifically rapes that from like athletes and then also fraternities, and they were denied. The people were, were able to walk free; they were not reprehended, and some of these survivors actually had to leave their colleges and move and go to another college, or even just drop out of college because. It impacted them so much, and it does. I would highly recommend watching this uh, documentary. It's one of the uh, best documentaries I've watched specifically on sexual assault. So that's what I'd say about sexual assault specifically. I know with these topics, it's so hard to talk about, and I have a hard time talking about them specifically because they're hard to discuss. And also, I feel like I'm not saying... The, the right things at the right time, etc., specifically for sexual assault, domestic abuse, and homelessness. But I hope I provided uh, enough information specifically on the... All right, that is it for the review. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys want to support this channel, definitely give me a follow and then also turn on the notifications uh, to tell you guys when those episodes drop. 
Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much. This is my review over. It starts with us. Hope you guys liked it again. I tried to talk a lot about, or, you know, I try to give as much information about those three topics, domestic abuse, homelessness, and, uh, sexual assault. I hope I did it well. It's kind of hard to talk about those topics for me specifically, you know, discuss it in a way that people understand and also to provide, you know, ways to help people. But I hope I did my justice in that. And uh, that'll be it for the review I talked about in this book. Again, uh, what I liked about the book, what I didn't like about the book, and any lessons I got from the book. Uh, Thank you guys so much again. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode.